Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Akashic Record Podcast. My name is Brandon Elkins and I'm your host. Today I'm sitting down to chat with uh, Brian Bray from Gates uh, about creation and uh, where the spirit lies in the act and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, welcome, Brian. Uh, feel free to introduce yourself for people that may not know who you are. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, Gates is the main, uh, the main thing that I've uh, been working on for the last many years. And then I also do um, a project called Cetacea, which has been a bit more active. Um, it's a solo uh, endeavor, and that's... Um, I've been doing much more with that, uh, sort of through the pandemic and uh, after. But uh, Gates is um, I'm setting up to get that started going again. What's the What's the difference between the two? Uh, well, Gates is a um, uh, a, a band uh, project. Right. You know, whatever you might want to. But are they approaching different different um, subjects? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah different. Um, different mindsets and different, uh, intentions. And, um, you know, there's some parallels, um, you know, they're both, uh, psychedelic and heavy and, um, sometimes noisy and all these things, you know, there's a lot, you know, obviously like them being like both guitar based, largely guitar based things they are, they're, they're close in that way. But, um, Gates is a, an orchestral project essentially. Um, uh, it started off as a solo thing, and then it kept. I just kept adding to the idea of it from the um, uh, each time an album would come out. So uh, the album, the album that has been uh, I've been working on for a while, it has uh, an AP band on it, uh, lots of layers, overdubs, vocals, um, uh, lots of synths added, and things like this. Um, where Cetacea is um, largely like a, a live performance thing i haven't done a, a ton of recording with it like for release mm -hmm. so it's largely been uh you know a thing for me to do live <clears throat> and um there are recordings out but i uh they're they're mostly actually live recordings uh but i do have a few things that i've been working on that will come out on that with with that uh and gates is more uh specific as far as compositions and i uh concepts go or cetacea is largely a lot more open and um it, it's more of a place to experiment um there's a, a lot more uh, improvisation with ideas and things like that in it there's um there seems to be a lot of um esoteric imagery involved in gates from you know the, the lyrics and the kind of the psychedelic compositions and uh, was that the impetus for the creation of the project or was it started as something else and it's turned into this as your interests have grown? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say that in a, in a way they're almost parallel. Um, so it started, it started as an experiment and uh, I had, <clears throat> there was a, a point in time uh, about, uh when did it, it was about oh, just over 10 years ago and um i had a, a, a band uh that was playing like um sort of like heavy psychedelic riff based music um and then i had this other project so another solo project that was more of ambient music and they were like the two contrasting things and then um i started experimenting i would come home from practices sometimes and i would um 
you know, I'd have a, I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, I need to change my strings after like, you know, playing for, for a while with this one band. And uh, I decided I want to experiment with lower tuning. So I would tune the guitar down and then I would just record some ideas with these like worn out tuned down strings. And um, some of those ideas became parts that uh, are on the first Gates record. Uh, so I was just, you know, like, oh, let's see what this sounds like if I, you know, tune down and try some ideas out. I love that pure experimentation in there. Yeah, it was just, you know, there was no, uh, I can't say what sparked it other than just mm -hmm. like being interested in a, a lot of different music. And then one day, you know, as I was tuning the strings down before I took them off, because, you, you know, you loosen the strings before you take them off. Yeah. And, and I was just, I was, you know, hitting them and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've never actually tuned down this lower than this. Maybe I could do something with it. And uh, through that process, you know, this, this, this thing emerged and I started to, to combine, um, it just, I started to follow the, 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 you know, the, the trail. And uh, the, I think the thing that really sparked it is that I uh, started recording, making field recordings just outside of the apartment I lived in at the time. And at the time I lived in this area, <clears throat> um, in the city where I had this uh, third floor room on with the deco back, and it was a pretty quiet area. And uh, this one day I recorded these uh, uh, Nighthawks that were flying around in the rain outside. Oh, nice. And that's the, that, that field recording is the thing you hear, you'd hear on the first uh, Gates record called uh, Mozzie Beat the Core. And uh, it starts, the, the album starts with that, uh, that field recording. That's amazing. That was kind of the, yeah, it was the thing that, you know, I was like creating this environment and adding uh, guitars to it. And uh, through the creation of it all, it started to become this thing. And, and it all just really, one thing after another fell into place in a sense, right? It was, uh, it, it became, uh, it, it was, it, it happened right before a very, a pretty difficult time in my life. And the uh, the creation of it, the initial like uh, creation of it, and then the development of it, what that album became was uh, it, it lined up right along with that period of time. So it was it became this like I used the word uh, you know crucible uh, yeah. when we first uh, started chatting there, and it became uh, a crucible of like if you will of uh, of everything was going on in my life. So, so the you, title you poured it all right into there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like the title has um, a pretty uh, significant meaning for me and uh, the, the song titles and the, the sounds that are going on. And even the times I recorded some of the parts and things like that, it was very, um, it was all very, uh, uh, it, it was both cathartic, but also this like strange experience where um, I, I realized I'd never actually quite done something where I'd recorded music at specific times of like distress and all these sorts of things in life. And mm -hmm. uh, so sort of, sort of since then, it's like each time I would sit down to record, there'd be like different, you know, things going on or different meetings that would start to get attached to it. And it became this place to start to explore what some of it meant. And, uh, and then it coincided with a lot of reading. So I started doing a lot of reading to things. Um, and, uh, there's a, I could, you know, I could keep, uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of topics that sort of have made it, made its way into the project at this point. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it feels intentional and personal 
and and to hear you talk about it like that you know I, obviously i didn't know any of that really going in but but you can feel it in in the output um the a, a lot of what when we conversed via email previously uh that really interests me is is your kind of understanding of not only the creative process but the experiential process and how mm-hmm. you as the creator are manipulating the perceptions of another being or lots of other beings right like you um talk a little bit about um how time and space relate to your compositions where where does that come from uh for you i think a lot of that really Mm -hmm. developed um out of uh so after working with this project for a couple records on my own um there were some people asked me to play live with it and um I had this solo show I was going to do as 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 uh, Cetacea, and um, someone was like, "Oh, you should do it as," uh, or it might have been before Cetacea. Um, that's beside the point. I was going to play solo, and someone was like, "Oh, you should do Gates because they'd heard it." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh no, well that's not. Uh, I need a I need a band." So I just decided I was like, you know, I'm going to do this live. I'm going to put it together as a band because I don't want it to be a, another solo project. Even though on the records it's all me, there's just like too many layers. There was sure. too many layers to do it as a solo performer few people like watching a guy with a guitar and a laptop though. yeah i didn't want to do like you know i didn't want to do that <laughs> thing where there. i was trying to play too many things at once and yeah. all that sort of stuff and i already had a solo project so i was like yeah. you know I, I want this is a different thing and uh, so uh i put together this initial band and it the the albums at the time were more sort of way more atmospheric and ambient in ways even though it had these like you no know, sort of dense like low tuned heavy guitar parts. It wasn't like um, I didn't I didn't produce it to be like this like really loud recording or, or you know in that kind of way. But um, when you when I tr- moved that to the live, uh, the you know playing it live, it was uh, with three guitar players and a guy playing uh, synth like modular synths and creating all these like really low frequencies and just it became its own thing and it very quickly developed and into this really really intense loud you know um at times like almost oppressive sound for uh people who are uh you know in the audience and for us um but it was very satisfying and uh as that developed uh you know because it was like these low tune guitars and we didn't have drums and and you know we were doing all these things like using a smoke machine and just i was like i just wanted to obscure the the experience of just like a band on stage to be something that was you know allowed our both ourselves and people you know people watching listening to to let go uh, a bit more almost a ritualistic intent yeah yeah and it was this thing as that was happening it was like there was bands like um you know sun and all these like uh black metal bands and all these things that had start were starting to get really popular um and had sort of had been, that had been happening uh, around that time and and as it developed um i was trying to f- not you know because we were doing things that were similar but it was different than a lot of that stuff uh the uh the i had to be, i was like what are my intentions with this you know it's like 
because uh, some people be like, oh, it's yourself. it's yeah. you're like that band or, you know, it's like this. And it's like, well, sure, we're ser- sharing similar territories to to some of these bands, but it's not exactly the same thing. And um, uh, the band started to morph and I started to bring in. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to bring in a drummer and I'm going to bring in people playing other instruments. So it and as that happened, it kind of went more into a band territory as soon as there was more people and a drum kit and all these things. But I tried to retain some of the elements from the beginning. So uh, as the music itself became more, a lot more composed and, and uh, 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 specific uh, in far as it's like composition and performances go, the, um, and the more people were added, it, 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 it necessitated like a, a whole new approach. So uh, it, I think it just by virtue of what it was becoming, it started to blur some lines between the what the specific experience was supposed to be um i think that i think i might have gotten a slightly off track no <laughs> no you're, you're question, never but... off track we're always in the right place yeah okay cool i just you know it, it it the intentionality is is my focus because um that's how it feels to me you know there's there is music like you said you know there's there's music for music's sake, which is great. You know, there's loud for loud sake, which is great. There's angry for angry sake, which is great. I love all those things. But then there's, there's what feels to me to be a separate type of expression, which is something that's really only become possible in the last 20 years, which is, um, you know, an intense personal expression in music, right? One person right, making yeah. an entire project that was essentially unheard of before you know, 2000, um, even then it was hard. And, and so with artists like yourself and, and me as well, you know, it, it fascinates me to have basically these documents of what you are even in a collaborative effort trying to communicate to someone else through, you know, the use of time and composition. And um, so much of that also ties into how our bodies and minds play together. And and you seem to be aware of that in, in, in a, a very intentional way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a thing with, um, when you're playing, uh, music that, or even if you're just into music that blurs these boundaries of things in, uh, I, you know, we played a lot of shows early on um, that were um, some, there's some shows we played where we had the, the liberty of time for our sets. So, uh, you know, we had 45 minutes or, or up to an hour and that was great because that's what the music needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we would, there would be, we'd do these shows sometimes where people would get frustrated because we would go over 30 minutes. Um, and I would get I get really I would get really frustrated with that because you you run into that thing where there'd be people being like oh no band should play more than twenty minutes is the most thirty minutes is the most you know you have these kinds of yeah the noise uh, set you know or like yeah a, a grind show that's fine but you know totally yeah <laughs> I, yeah I love I mean sometimes I love short sets and uh, and um, I've actually been doing these shows there's this monthly series uh, I mean been in. Uh, here in Toronto, there's this monthly series that does these 15 minute sets of experimental electronic music. Oh, uh, nice. And I've been, I've been playing a bunch of them and it's really like, you know, it's like you have 15 minutes and it's, you know, you can go over a little bit, but 
um, it's a nice challenge and it's great because you get to see a lot of music in one night and it doesn't overstay, you know, very liberation, much. And, liberation via constraint. Yeah. And that has it, you know, that has its place. Um, but when you're trying to articulate like a, like a larger statement, um, whether it, you know, a solo or in a band or whatever it is, it's, it's, uh, you know, I love seeing long sets and I, that's yeah. like, I, that's not a common, I think that a lot of, not a lot of people like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, like it has to be presented in some sort of context where it's like we're doing drone yoga, you know? Yeah, or and, something. Yeah, it's going to be an hour and 45 minutes of this shit. I'd, I'd go see that on a Friday, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like life uh, makes things difficult. Uh, our society and, and oh, life yeah. as it is makes things difficult for people to uh, engage in things that aren't bound by strict time all and uh or long long you know stretches of time too you know yeah attention span thing yeah. exactly yeah and um but it's you know it's a beautiful thing when you can uh uh both either uh perform and or participate in some way with with spaces where you have that that period of time so uh i actually think to go back a little bit to your previous question where you uh you're asking about uh or saying it seems to blur the lines of uh, or manipulate the lot the experience mm -hmm. something like yeah um with where gates went uh some of the intentions were to have music that uh people could could um grasp you know they could like uh it's like oh there's there's these very specific uh parts uh, a section or a, a theme or a, a melody or a riff or whatever it might be um so you know a lot of you know to to do something interesting with like having these like you know big droning and abstract sections they would be woven in with all of this specific like really strict composed structured parts oh that's and, interesting as a contrast yeah and and it was as the more we all worked on it uh and because it was it became this thing where the drummer and myself became the uh the like the the axis of the band like we became the the you know we would work on everything together quite a bit and he also played synth so we would have these practices where it's just the two of us would play for hours and try to um to develop these ideas and then you know other members would come in and we'd practice with them and uh you know we had we developed all this cue system where we would like tra trade back and forth cues on certain parts so that we could create transitions that seemed seamless uh without being too obvious and um uh some were some were intentionally obvious and other parts would be like a transition would happen out of some big long like droning section with crazy drums and then we'd drop right into a riff um and then other parts it would they would happen where it'd be like you know we'd be playing and it was like okay how do we make it seem like we just kind of just morphed into this thing without you know uh, a lot of effort or how do we not oh, step on our own feet trying to get there yeah yeah so i think that was that was an interesting development and, and it got some i think that got some amount of attention because then it was like this thing where uh, i think a lot of uh people seen us live were like they were then they were like didn't know what to call it Right. I didn't know yeah, what to call it either. <laughs> I struggled with that a little bit too when I was I was like, what do I call this band? Like uh, it's you know, it's sort of black metal, sort of droney, sort of melodic, you know, like 
and, and but to me that's that's my favorite shit to listen to is the ones that you can't be like this is that x thing yeah um, have you ever have you ever heard of the concept of flow in psychology do you do you know anything about that uh i think so yeah yeah i i talk about it a lot and, and especially in the context of um the spirituality of live performance, either performing or experiencing when the thing that you're doing requires enough of your attention to master the difficulty that you get in the zone, but it's not so hard. You don't get frustrated. Yeah. Like the flow state. Yeah. Flow state. So, and, and, but you know, to me, what that feels like is the same feeling I get when I hit like a deep spiritual meditation state. Mm -hmm. And, And I think there's such a, you know, there's such a connection between those two that um, music always feels to me spiritual. I mean, that's part of the reason I gravitate to a lot of it. Um, does does your interest in, I guess, what is what's your daily practice look like if you have any interest in the spiritual as it relates to your personal relationship? Uh, I I wish I had a better daily practice. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh you know if i um i'd say like a good when i when i'm uh, able to maintain some sort of like decent routine uh definitely involves uh uh well some amount of routine um it can be simple things like you know just the act of waking up and making coffee and um taking a minute you know not looking at a phone or email or whatever just having a minute to enjoy that and uh, I I haven't kept it up. I used to meditate quite a bit. Um, that's something I'd like to get back to. But yeah. uh, I find that is very helpful if I can maintain that, you know, in uh, in life. And um, I think that uh, the um, what you were talking about, like the flow, like flow state. Yeah. Uh, with so you mean like with your uh, well, in your life yeah your- i mean in, in your life not necessarily i mean um let's see so i feel like there's a corollary between the neurological states of flow and a uh, spiritual experience um right which is why the creative process um you know when it works right feels spiritual to me it feels um like when it's working the way i want it to that something is coming out and I don't know what's going on. And the same feeling for me comes out if I'm playing live, even if it's been a highly re- rehearsed song, you know, you know, mm-hmm. inside and out, uh, you can still hit that same state. And it makes me curious about the connections that people who create have with their spirituality. Um, because you know, in, in my own life, I, as I've embraced more of a magical practice as I've gone, I've felt it be more freeing in my creative processes, which is why I like to ask other people questions about it. Right, right. Um, the, the how, how did things stand in your creative life right now? I know, you know, things have been a little wild in the last little bit. What are you working on? You mentioned having a, a new album with Gates, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the um, there's that record, uh, and I've um, you know the uh, coming out of 
we're not even coming out of, but the change of the the pandemic on the world has made, um, uh, you know, some people sort of have come right uh, back out of the gate, so to speak, and done all these, you know, all these tours and that whatnot. Right. Um, I found myself spending a lot of time, um, you know, playing and working on things. Um, and I haven't played live quite uh, very much. So it's been a lot of um, uh, work in the background, or if, if you will. Uh, so I've been, this record has been, um, uh, a, there's a lot of different elements to it. There, are, There is some music from it that has come out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a, and there's an animated video that this uh this artist uh, oh yeah yeah that's the first thing that steve sent me i think oh yeah yeah so absolutely uh, amazing I yeah it's, probably it's watched a, it three or four times it's uh yeah it's quite uh it's quite a, an amazing piece of work um talk, talk to me a little bit about so what was the creative process with that with the the imagery involved in that i mean were you at the steering wheel there no no so uh yeah. that that's done by this guy uh from Romania named, uh, uh, sorry if I mispronounced his last name. It's, uh, Kostin Chiranu, I believe. Okay. And, uh, he does, um, uh, he, he does tons and tons of these, these videos and he's a graphic artist and, um, his work is amazing. Uh, and very very uh, distinct too. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, he had done, I knew him as a, uh, uh, artist and uh, designer of albums. So I had, you know, albums that had uh, bands that had his, uh, he designed records for. Mm-hmm. Didn't know he did videos. And then uh, some friends of mine um, uh, had a video, two different bands had uh, videos by him. And uh, I saw them and I was like, whoa, this guy does a- a- animated videos. And at that time, I was looking for someone to do one. Um, and I couldn't find the right person. And then I saw these, you know, these videos and I contacted him and I was just like, uh, you know, it was like, Hey, uh, I have this project. I'm looking to do a video for it. You know, here's, here's some info about it. And here's, here's the music. Let me know what you think. And, uh, he just wrote back really enthusiastically and, and, um, uh, he was like, uh, agreed to do something. And he has, um, a pretty interesting process where he uh he uh, he seems to have this ability to to get deep inside of a very very specific esoteric idea and translate yeah, because, it into because visuals so much of the in, so much of the imagery in that video is like deeply esoteric totally like, yeah <laughs> i noticed it immediately i was like whoa holy shit like he uh I gave him, I basically, I asked him, you know, before we started working on it, I was like, so how do you, you know, how do you really work on this? Because I have some very specific ideas about, you know, this material, about what it is and what it shouldn't be. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't want you, I want you to do your, do your thing. And he said, he's like, well, usually I just start work on something, you know, based on the work. But he's like, you know, you can give me any info you want. So I just sent him an email that was basically a, a write-up of the concept and some of the stuff that you know uh, was fueling it for me and um he wrote back he's like this is great and i was like okay and then the pandemic happened and it was kind of this 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 i think almost uh eight months or something in between you know initially contacting him and then when it when he finished it maybe not even that long actually he was quite uh 
he did deliver it when he said he would still. So he was, uh, I commend him for that as well. But um, there was this gap. And then, you know, when he sent the video, uh, I was amazed because it was, we did one edit and that was it. And um, there was just this one image at one part. I asked if he could change one thing and he, you know, he agreed to that. And otherwise he just basically like took the concepts I'd given him along with his own understanding and his own interpretations of things and created that. So, uh, he, you know, I gave him a bit of fuel, you know, a bit of, um, uh, just like, here's what it's about, but like, that's his creation. You know, he really took that and went, okay. And, uh, made it. And it's, it still amazes me. And I, I, I think I love it because I didn't have to, I didn't direct it. I didn't, you know, I wasn't. That actually really astonishes me because I thought like, you know, with the sim, with, with the imagery feeling as coherent and um, appropriate for the song, I, I thought you would have had your fingers all up in it. But yeah, no. <laughs> That's why I asked. I was like, um, talk to me a little bit about your interest in psychology. You mentioned Jungian psychology, um, archetypes and symbolism. Uh, obviously a lot of that goes in hand in hand with the pursuit of the spiritual. Uh, mm-hmm. tell me what, tell me what it means to you. Uh, that like Young's work has been, um, for me personally, just, I've read a lot of his, uh, work. I'm only um, marginally familiar because I have a friend who is a, a philosophy professor. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, I mean, he has, I mean, I've, at the same time, barely scratched the surface. He has so much out there and he's had such a significant impact uh, on the world. Um, But uh, just reading through a lot of his uh, work, there's so many, I mean, there's so many references and there's so many things that it's like, you'll all, you know, read a chapter of a book or a section or some write up about uh, something he was studying and, And then it's like, okay, I have to go read about that now. So, you know, reading his work would always lead me to reading other things. And um, his uh, approach to psychology, like, is very open. And, of course, there's like, you know, time and place, history, and, you know, there's some, he has biases and he has things like this that pop up in his work. Context. Yeah, but I find at the same time, his sort of overarching like uh, ideas that humans uh, and psychology were guided by very specific things that are open and interpretive. So like the, you know, all the archetypes and things like this, it's like, there's symbolism to things, but it doesn't mean exactly the same thing for everybody, but it generally means these things. Mm -hmm. And that is, that was very like, uh, I started reading, um, some of his work in my early twenties and over the years, I think my capacity to understand it has definitely increased. And, um, uh, at the time it was just very, uh, reading stuff like that when you're dealing with a lot of things in the world that are always specifically trying to push things into a box and push things into these very specific dynamics and binaries. It's, um, it was very like liberating for, for my own thinking. And 
knowing that there's like, oh, okay, no, it's like this is uh, there's things out there that are looking beyond just what the face value of everything, so to speak. Beyond the so, mundane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's 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 like the idea that um, how important dreams are as an ex- as an example is like, uh, you know, um, dreams so, aren't. It's so weird to me because I don't dream. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I haven't had a dream in years. You don't. You don't. Um, like when you wake up, you have no nope. recollection Nothing. of anything. Absolutely. Oh, wow, that's it's fascinating. A, it's a blackness from the moment I fall asleep until I wake up. Has it always been that way for you? I've had very severe CPTSD-induced insomnia for like 20 years, so I don't really think that my brain has had a lot of REM sleep for a very long time. Okay. So, yeah. It, I Every once in a while, I think the last time I had a dream I can remember was probably three or four years ago. Okay. So you've had my dreams, has, but you my don't wife have has them. dreams every night. She's just she's got a very elaborate dream world going on in her head, and I, yeah, I just don't. Oh wow! <laughs> I wonder. I if feel that's... left out, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably you're. I wonder, like, I I don't know enough about this, but I I uh, there's probably stuff going on. You just don't have the recollection or oh, something yeah, like that. No, yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah, I got to you know, there's all sorts of shit going on in my sleep, but yeah, no dreams. Oh, um, damn. It, it, it does make me feel like I'm left out. So I just, I smoke a lot of weed during the day. So. <laughs> right. Just, right. Um, you know, that, that stuff's always fascinating to me, especially like what, I mean, the little I know of, of young is the kind of collective unconscious idea that that you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I apply a lot of that to like my research and understanding of spirituality, where you know you have to understand that we're all playing basically with the same hardware, with different versions of the software running on it, and um, that allows us to pick up ba- you know the same kind of patterns in the world um, relative to meaning, and that feeds into my understanding of of magic and magic manipulation, I guess. Yeah, it's it's all you know. It's why I like talking with a lot of different people because this big ball is all tied into you know itself, whether people want to admit it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Like these things are, uh, it, you know, there's this idea that uh, in the way people speak about things, where um, uh, you know, to, to go back to dreams, it's like people say, "Oh, that was just a dream," and it's like, yeah, but was it? Like right. you experienced something, you you were you, you know, you had this experience. You just weren't awake. But once you have to acknowledge the fundamental reality that a dream and your perceptions aren't that much different, yeah, start getting real scared. <laughs> and it's and it's uh, you know th- these things tie into like uh, the concept of magic. Like people want to just often think of I don't know like wizards and fantasy novels or something like that, but. Um, and that stuff's cool, uh, but, it, yeah, I it, it, but it's um, it's like I don't know. Music is you know, seeing live music that's magic oh, yeah, to me. Absolutely, you know, it's like uh, that's real. It's people taking instruments and these various devices and fabricating intangible things that that manifest and disappear immediately. Yep. Reaching that into somebody everybody. else's head and fucking with shit. Yeah, and it affects it affects people on the deepest levels. You know, like it's like people have revelations. They 
they have these cathartic experiences. They uh, go to even just sometimes just listening to a record, they come out of it and it's changed them in some way. So it's like these, I don't know, it's like magic is right in front of us. It's just yeah, there. Absolutely. And uh, the, it speaks to something deeper, I feel too. Like it's, it's not just that it's, um, that uh, it is uh, a product that has an effect. It's like, it's actually like uh, digging deep into things we can all access. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like magic is real in that sense. Right. It's like, I firmly and a hundred percent believe that magic is real in exactly that sense. I mean, if yeah. you, think, you think about the fact that there's been no human civilization without some form of music or dance as expression, right? Exactly. That's, yeah. That's a physical creative motion that we all do. And we all do it naturally. Every single human being on this planet has a tendency towards that sort of expression and magic to me is knowing how to, you know, you, you and I have kind of figured out how to do it, whether or not we know that's what we were doing at the time, but, but we've, we've built that magic skill. Um, I was talking to a uh, Guillaume Cazalet from Neptunian maximalism uh, a couple of months ago, and he uh, mentioned this idea that he had that I've, I've given some thought to before and since that, that, you know, a, a song or a recording is kind of like a spell that you put out into the world. And then every person that listens to it and is affected by it has fulfilled the role of your spell and you can do it thousands or millions and millions of times over. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's an absolutely transcendental way to think about not only magic, but music and creative process that, that you're, you know, you're sending a, uh, you're sending a spell out there in the universe to, tinker with other people's emotions yeah. I don't, you know i think I, I think one of the purest things that i've ever done is wept at a live performance i saw a um, 40 watt sun live and, and i just wept it's the first time i've ever cried at a show and it, it affects people so deeply that it's mm -hmm. absolutely it's fascinating yeah it's amazing i mean I've, yeah, I've had those experiences too and it's uh uh it 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 affects us on such a a level that um to call it anything else you know to to try to be um you know this go it goes beyond like the concepts of uh pop music or these things it's like it would truly the idea of it, it being uh songs and whatnot being a spell is a great i love that that's um uh, it, it carries like a, how do I want to say this? Um, well, to go, you know, when you're asking about the video, the, mm -hmm. the Gates video, it's like the, the idea, the, the fact that Kosen came upon the same right. things that I put into the music that doesn't have any lyrics, you know, just, it's just the sounds plus, uh, you know, an email with a paragraph being like, here's, here's, you know, what went into it. Right. And he created it out of that in his own in his own experiences with the similar subjects. And it's almost like all you did was just reach out and just put a little finger in his brain and say, "This is how." And he went, "Oh, okay." Yeah, exactly. And and so like he was he's drawing from the same things, and and it's uh, you know the that video. It's the the feedback of 
heard from people like it affected a lot of people that have seen it yeah for um, sure I'll, and, I'll, I'll post a link to it in the episode description too oh great yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah I, I think that's an incredible way to view these things and i mean even on a at a mainstream scale this is that's actually how sure people view music they just wouldn't maybe say it that way but it's a spell you know, to make you give them money is how they yeah or, or people can all agree on a on certain songs being these amazing songs that have mm -hmm. such an impact but it's but like those, they wouldn't yeah. call it that they wouldn't say it's a spell they wouldn't say it's a uh you know these 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 things but it is <laughs> it yeah, is but this also magical if, thing if you sat them down and, and had them tell you you know, describe what the song or, or album means to them. Nobody's going to give the exact same answer, but we all, we all feel they're important. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. happened. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the, especially, um, how did, how did, do you feel like having that video made and having your ideas reflected back at you like that changed the way that you feel about the, the song? Like, did, did it bounce like a counter spell back, you know? In a sense, I, I, I think it, it did. Um, uh, to me, it's a gift. Uh, it's, you know, despite the fact that like, it, you know, I, I, you know, I hired someone uh, to make this video, you know, I paid him, he made it, he did his job, but like the actual thing itself is, is a gift because it's, I've watched it many times and to feel like something that i was a part of creating and directing has also become this this other thing this you know this visual um uh piece of art is um it's given me a lot as someone that's you know uh like I, i'm a you know i'm a designer and i do layouts and i i make visual art as well and I, you know, I usually do layouts for my own work, and I've yeah. done work for other people, and <clears throat> and uh, you know, I've done some sort of film stuff um, for live projections over the years. And but it's not my, um, it, it's a part of what I do, but it's not. Uh, I'm not as uh, I would say as um, uh, deep into it as some other people. And uh, to have something like this be created, it's like it that that is articulates so many of the concepts that are abstract in the music like just um like the even like a, i showed it to a friend recently who hadn't seen it and uh the next time i saw him after i'd sent him to him he was just he just he kept going on about the character in the video yeah and there's like this this guy you know he's like um and there's a uh, it, it changes throughout the video but like you know there's like there's sort of this this narrative in it in a, in a sense and there's this one image where he is wearing this like a clothing like a jacket made out of clocks and um there's uh there's these other ones where he's like it's like he's handing off uh his soul or some sort of energy from him you know it's going into this this other entity and there's like all these moments throughout it and when i was talking to my friend about it he was he was like he was just like that guy he's so i love the character he was so you know into the character and you didn't uh, have anything to do with that <laughs> i'm just like i'm like i know i love it that he created this like coast articulated this like 
uh, he got this, like, he created this character that is sort of not definable in a specific way, but it's, it it captures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, he's, he's exactly that. He was, that's, I guess that's the sort of what I was getting at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just hit it right there. He's, you know, he, he created this um, visual representation of this, this archetype that was going through all these different transitions and movements. And, um, and then even some of the more abstract elements and things that are going on in that video, I feel like it, even though it's abstract and it's weird and it's, uh, I think a lot of people would see it and just be like, I don't understand anything that's going on. Uh, I've, so many people have been like affected by it. So and it's me, definitely, uh, yeah. Uh, the, that, that, um, maybe this is on my mind because I went to the art Institute the other day, but that, that concept of understanding that people have been beat over the head with about, um, creative experiences you know that they have to understand it or grasp it yeah it's so poisonous hey exactly yeah it's totally poison. you don't have to understand it you have to experience it art's not about understanding it's about you know uh somebody else changing the way that you feel about the world or invoking even just invoking an emotional response that's how i define art exactly yeah yeah and and that's you know people latch on to these meanings about stuff do you are you concerned with how other people perceive the meaning of your work does that does that keep you up at night at all uh i wouldn't say keeps me up at night um and a lot of stuff i do is purposely trying to not be too specific uh and there's times when i think i'm being i'm i'm being like I'm kind of hitting people over the head with it and then uh and then I'll show it to someone and they'll be like uh you know it's you're not <laughs> you know and it's like <laughs> uh what I think is too obvious is often still pretty esoteric to right. most and you've got, um, the, you've got the context yeah so it, it, it's uh I think I I, I am concerned with uh, people getting some element of the intention, you know, getting, you know, knowing that it's um, like, I think a thing, you know, a thing that often happens with a lot of artists that play music that doesn't really sit neatly in one spot is that, you know, you get the thing where it's like a lot of the times over the years, it's like, you know, we try to get a show and it's like, oh, well, Gates is too metal for us to do it you know, in this, some experimental scene or it's, yep. it's too metal, it's too loud. Uh, and then you go to, you know, a noise scene might be like, Oh, it's also too metal, but it's also not noisy enough or it's too, it's too structured. And then, you know, you go over to some other area and it's sort of the, you, it, it runs into these, these issues where it's not enough of one thing for certain places. Um, and, and because th- people can't easily grasp it, they don't want it. Yeah. And then, so, so I, I do get, concerned that it's like people are able to understand that it is a diverse thing but it's also appropriate for places um Mm -hmm. and not to just be like oh that band yeah they do some noise thing it's like no it's there's noise in it there's noisy parts there's elements of that music and but it's also these other things and uh it can be appropriate for a specific type of show but i think sometimes it's 
that isn't understood. So I think yeah. I, that that kind of stuff concerns me more. Yeah. Um, but that's more about like the the band existing out in the world, sure. and rather than the, the the abstraction of the ideas. Yeah, I think if people if someone's engaging with the work, I I don't want to. I don't want to beat them over the head with any specific idea and sort of what you said where people can draw different uh experiences from the same piece of work that's what i hope it can do i hope like you know the titles have meaning for me they're specific to yeah. me the reasons i made it are specific and also open but i hope that they uh, can do the same thing for other people where someone can have an experience with it that opens things up for them in some way. And, you know, I think it's all valid. It's, um, uh, you know, yeah, within it, reason, it, of course. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you gotta be open to someone and at least saying that it sucks. Um, someone once said to me at a show, uh, uh he was a bit of a, you know, a punisher and, <laughs> was um going on about gates and some other bands i played in and he started saying that uh when i'm playing guitar in gates it's this like hateful energy it was mm -hmm. like something like that he was saying he was saying it was this aggressive and crazy thing and i was like whoa i'm like what <laughs> yeah dude i don't know what you're getting at but i actually it was one of these moments where i was just like that's not it at all, man. It's, it's, <laughs> there is no it. hate in this at all. This is all coming from love. This is all coming from the, like the beauty of experience and it might be dark and it might be really intense and even aggressive at times, but it's definitely not fueled by that in any way. And, um, I just walked away from it. <laughs> it yeah, was like, I could, I'm like, I'm not, not engaging with that. So, um, so I don't want that people to have that experience, but sure. you know, I don't think that's like a common thing, I, yeah. but. Um, going back to talking about dreams a little bit, I think I derailed the, the Jungian dream ideas, but I'm curious about it, obviously as someone that doesn't dream, what, what does that, what are the, what do dreams mean to you relative to spirituality and also your creative output? Are they, are your dream ideas incorporated at all? Absolutely. Oh, dope. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, um, I've had uh, a lot of really intense dreaming in my life. Um, it's and so a lot alien of, alien to me, it really is. Yeah. I hope I, well, I, I, uh, I hope that, uh, the, you'll be able to dream yeah. at some point. Um, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's, um, I've definitely had periods where I didn't, uh, have dream recollection and it, I have to be really in, 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 uh, I have to have an intent to re try to remember. And, uh, so sometimes I will go through a practice of, uh, you know, you go to sleep with some, you meditate on, yeah. uh, trying to recall your dream or just, you know, uh, it, it doesn't always work, but I find it is helpful. And that's like uh, lucid, lucid dreaming training stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, it's sort of similar to that. And I have had a lot of lucid dreams in my life as well, which are pretty incredible things like flying dreams and, you know, dreams where I, where I realize I can control things and I'm in a different world. And those are, those are pretty amazing. That's got to be mind blowing. It is, it is. And it's, it's, um, sometimes it's weird because you, 
it's like I've had like uh, things like flying dreams are sort of I have all these floating dreams. So it's not really like flying like through the air like a like a superhero. It's like kind of walking on air and being able to float above things and stuff like that. And those are pretty interesting. Um, but uh, uh, the dreams affect me. They sometimes give me answers. Uh, they often provide more questions, but um, things come through them that are hard to explain, you know, a lot of the time, but there's these moments where something has this meaning and it and it leads to some sort of other uh, understanding in the waking world that makes sense. And um, I feel like they they you know we're it's digging into the uh, unconscious and we're all connected in there in somehow in some way. So it's sometimes I can't understand it at all. <laughs> it's like I wake up and it's like, what the hell was all of that? <laughs> I don't understand. And I'll, you know, I try to write things down when I can, or I'll, you know, now with the, you know, um, phones at the, at hand, I try to, uh, I'll record voice memos. So I have all mm -hmm. these like voice memos of, you know, gr me just waking up groggy being like, uh, you know, blue tower. I floated through the window and then, you know, my, my grandfather was there saying this to me, you know, it'd be like things like that. And I'll, seven I'll pigs, seven yeah, pigs. whatever it is. <laughs> and sometimes I'll go back and I'll listen to a voice note and it'll be like, Oh, it's about that. And then other times uh -huh. I'll listen to those or read a note that I writ wrote out. And I'm like, I still have no clue what that was. <laughs> so it's a little, uh, little bits of litter you leave behind in your life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's really, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me. Um, I don't think I've talked to anybody about dreams yet. The, the idea that we kind of all pull from that same base pool of yeah. dream experience, you know, um, that's another, that that's weird because that's another one of those shared cultural prototype behaviors that I was talking about earlier that I just didn't think about because I don't have dreams. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's fascinating to me. Um, the, uh, we're coming up here on our hour soon. Okay. Um, so we'll just wrap up here and, um, I'll let you plug anything that you want uh, here when I do my outro and then, uh, we'll be finished. All right. Um, Hold on, I just my brain my brain stopped working. Hold on. <laughs> That's what not the good. fuck was I talking about? <laughs> um, Brian, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to sit down and talk to me uh, a little bit today about uh, Gates and uh, your spiritual interests and life and dreams and all sorts of fun stuff. It has been a very wonderful uh, conversation. I really love these getting to sit down and talk to other people that feel that this is important in their lives. So thank you again for taking the time to do it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So uh, if you've got any projects that you want to plug, uh, either past or present or future, go for it. I'll put some links to the gate stuff in that video. 
in the uh, podcast uh, episode description so we can get eyes on with more people and ears on and all that good stuff. So go ahead and plug away. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's um, the video we've been talking about uh, is a Gates uh, piece that is called Threads Bound in Lapis. And there is the video is an edit of the track. So you can find that the, the it was released as a uh, seven inch lathe as well. Um, but it's also a digital two track, two part um, piece of music. And um, uh, if you go to the Gates Bandcamp, which is uh, gatesdrone.bandcamp.com, uh, you can find that on there. And there's a link to the video and then uh, you'll have the link there as well. And that's a great place to start for that. Uh, and another record that's uh, tied to the same concepts uh, is one called Viscera, which is also out there. And that uh, is exploring a lot of the, it's all, it's in the, the world of this newer material. And uh, there'll be a record coming out that Threads Bound on Lapis will be on. Uh, it'll be a slightly different version of it. Um, so that's, that's going to be upcoming. Um, there's a lot of Gates material that's out there. So, uh, you know, there's that people can dig into that. And then there is Cetacea, uh, C-E-T-E-A-C. Uh, oh my God, I'm spelling my own thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cetacea.bandcamp.com. Um, and you can uh, find a few things up there. There's there going to be a new th uh, record of uh, coming out for that. I hope sometime soon that I'll be self-releasing. Nice. Um, and um, that those are the main things at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. There's some other projects that I'm involved, got involved in recently uh, that I'll have some stuff coming out. Um, but I feel like I can't say too much about those just yet. Mm -hmm. um, hush, hush, all right. Uh, no more so just I don't know exactly when things are happening yet. Oh, um, okay. There's one I can mention I, though. There's a this uh, project called Curse All Kings. Uh, a friend of mine um, uh, who uh, had me play uh, some guitar and some tracks, and he has a record coming out. I think it's on that label, Cyclic Law. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm not sure when that, I think that's coming out in the spring, sometime this year. Awesome. Uh, and it's a pretty interesting, cool um, uh, record. So there's that. That I don't know what it's called, though. So <laughs> I can't oh, okay. think of it so much, but Curse All Kings is great. Uh, there's some records out already by that. Cool. Uh, and uh, there's one last thing I'll mention is uh, I am in, in a band uh, with my uh, my brother and called uh, Royson, which is it's his project. And uh, I play I'm one of the guitar players in it. And there's a record that we're uh, been working on and he's just finishing up the mix and that'll hopefully come out this year. And it's very, uh, it's not in the world of um, a lot of my other music. It's uh, more like cinematic, mm. uh, library music, uh, Italian film score kind of style of things. Uh, nice. That sounds interesting. A lot of different, a lot of different influences. There's like um, some uh, renditions of uh, in, uh, classical pieces that are on there. And uh, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I hope that comes out this year. So that's something to, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be pushing once that uh, emerges cool all right brian bray from gates and a bunch of other stuff too um this has been this week's episode of the akashic record podcast i hope everyone's hanging in out there uh apologize for the long ass delay between episodes 
the holidays fucking suck. Uh, <laughs> well, on the other side of this shit, in 2024, now it is the year of the Golden Retriever. We are only doing Golden Retriever energy this year. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, remember, sometimes the best revenge is to have a good day anyways. So go out there and do it. <laughs>